looking at the goodness of God tonight, specifically as it relates to us. So I'm not re-preaching what I preached uh, Sunday by any uh, stretch, but just looking at some of the aspects of God's goodness to us as it's illustrated for us in this passage of Scripture. So I want to read just a portion of that passage of Scripture, uh, not all the verses we looked at Sunday. So just follow along with me, if you will. We're going to read Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 7 through 15. It says, Thou art the Lord, the God, who didst choose Abram, and broughtest him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees, and gavest him the name of Abraham, and foundest his heart faithful before thee, and madest a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Jebusites, and the Girgashites, to give it, I say, to his seed, and hast performed thy words. For thou art righteous, and did see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, and heardest their cry by the Red Sea, and showest signs and wonders upon Pharaoh, and on all his servants, and on all the people of his land. For thou knewest that they dealt proudly against them, so didst thou get thee a name, as it is this day. And thou didst divide the sea before them, so that they went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and their persecutors thou threwest into the deeps, as a stone into the mighty waters. Moreover, thou leddest them in the day by a cloudy pillar, and in the night by a pillar of fire, to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, and spakest with them from heaven." And gavest them right judgments and true laws, good statutes and commandments, and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant, and gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger, and broughtest forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst, and promised them that they should go in to possess the land which thou had sworn to give them. Tonight I want us to focus for a little while, and I um, had Lisa type them up in the notes there, on all of these different things that God did. First of all, notice in verse 7 at the very beginning, it says that first phrase, Thou art the Lord, the God. They first start with this declaration that He is the God. He wasn't just a God, He was the God, the one true God, and this God was the Lord. He was in charge. He was the master of all things. And then we read through this big long list of all the things that God did. Now, maybe your count is different than mine, but I counted 23 different things in this list that God did. And you can see those by all those different verbs that are used there. And I put those on the notes so you can kind of follow along and look at those things. We see, first of all, it says God chose. He chose Abraham. I'm, and, and then we see next in verse 7, it says God brought him out. So God chose him and then God brought him out of the Ur of Chaldees. Then we see that God gave. God gave him a name. It was Abram, first of all, which means father. Then he changed it to Abraham, which means father of many or father of many nations. Then we see in verse 8, three more things that God did. God found. What did God find? Well, God found Abraham's heart faithful before him. God also made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with him to give him the land. And then we also see in verse 8 that God kept his promise. 
Because God is righteous. God always keeps His promises because He's righteous. Verse 9, we see two more things that God did. God saw the affliction of the Jews in Egypt. God also heard their cry when they were at the Red Sea. Verse 10, we see three things that God did. God showed signs and wonders upon Pharaoh and on his servants. He, of course, the plagues in Egypt, but then he divided the Red Sea. They walked through on dry ground. Verse 10, he says, God knew. God knew that the Egyptians were coming against the Israelites and against God. And then in verse 10, it also says that God got a name. God made sure he was glorified, that everybody would see that he really was the Lord, the God. God got a name, as it is this day. The the Egyptians were defeated by this great miracle that God performed. You know, that day the enemies of Nehemiah saw God do a great work. Nehemiah and all of these leaders are speaking about that in Nehemiah chapter 9. We see that back in verse 16 of Nehemiah chapter 6. Referring, in a sense, to what God had done there, but also, I think, looking back and remembering what God had done with the children of Israel and crossing the Red Sea. He says in verse 16 of Nehemiah 6, It came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. God did a great work that day. It refers clear back then to Exodus 14, verse 18. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I've gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. God did these great works. He got himself a name. Not only did the Egyptians know that he was God, not only did those enemies of Nehemiah know that he was God, but even the Israelites themselves knew that he was God. You saw that back in Exodus 14, verse 31, and Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. God did these great works so that the people would know who He was and they would trust in Him as God. The story of Israel continues on as it's recounted for us in Nehemiah In verse 11, we see two more things that God did. He he speaks of God dividing the sea so that they went through on dry ground. And then he also says, God threw, thou threwest them into the deeps. God threw the persecutors into the sea, he said, like a stone into deep water. Verse 12, we read that God led them. He led them with a pillar of cloud by day and God gave them light. He led them with a pillar of fire by night. Verse 13, we see that God came down to them. He came down on Mount Sinai, and what did He do when He came down? He spoke with them. He spoke with them from heaven, and then God gave them the law. In verse 14, we see that God made known unto them. He told them about the Holy Sabbath so that they could worship Him and keep the Sabbath as they were to do. God also, in verse 14, commanded them. He gave them precepts, statutes, laws. Verse 15, we read that God gave them bread. We read that God brought forth water. 
We also read that God promised them that they should go in to possess the land that God had sworn to give them. This is a list of at least 23 different things, different ways that God worked. Many of these were to be blessings to the children of Israel, but all of these things brought glory to God so that God could get Himself a name. I've been thinking a lot about things going on in as, as people share some of their own struggles, as I, you know, we raise our own children, live our own life that Shandy and I live, and, and as we look in our world at large today and the situations that we face, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that can cause a person to question whether or not God is really good or not. And the questions often come, well, if God was really good, then why do all these bad things happen? If God was really good, why do these things take place? It's easy to say that God is good when we're up on the mountaintops of life, when everything is beautiful and everything's wonderful. It's sometimes harder to say that God is good when things are not as simple or not as easy or not as fun. Somebody is sick, somebody is dying, somebody isn't getting along, somebody's fighting, whatever it is. But in all of these things, what really stuck out to me is over and over and over seeing all the different things that God did to demonstrate His goodness to His people. I've summed these up in, in a couple different ways of how we can respond to these, and this is where I want us to focus tonight in your points at the bottom. The first thing, because God is good, I can trust. Why were the children of Israel supposed to trust Him? Well, because they could trust in God's purpose. We see that played out in the life of Abraham. God had a purpose for him. So he called him out and he sent him to that special land that he had prepared for him. He made a special promise with him because God had a plan through the life of Abraham to bring about Jesus Christ, the Savior of all mankind. That's a wonderful purpose. And I can trust in God's goodness because he has a wonderful purpose. And when things take place that don't look good, I need to still step back and say, wait a minute, God has a bigger purpose going on. Do you think Abraham understood God's purpose when he was 90-some years old and couldn't have a child? No. Life was hard. Life wasn't good. Life was bad. God, I followed you. I did all these things. You promised me the son. I don't have a son. Abraham took matters into his own hand. He ended up with problems because of that. With his children, with his wife, all kinds of issues. But did God accomplish his purpose? Yes, he did. Because God is always good. See, because God is good, I can trust in his purpose. So no matter what comes in my life, when I look at these things, I don't know about you, but that's why I wanted to put all these on your notes so you could look back and say, here's 23 different ways that God demonstrated His goodness to these people. And I would encourage you maybe tonight when you go home or tomorrow morning when you're having your devotions to turn that paper over and start writing down using some of those same verbs. What did God do for me? What has God given to me? What has God promised me? What 
has God made known to me? How has God spoken to me through His Word? How has God led me? What kind of light has God demonstrated in my life? What has God done to protect me from something? I think it might encourage you. I spent some time doing that and it sure was an encouragement to me. See, we can trust in God because He's good and we can trust in His purpose. I would tell you though, after looking at this list of things, we can also trust in God's provision. You see over and over in this list of ways that God provided for His people. Gave them bread, gave them water. He provided a land for them. God provided and God provides for us. Does it ever feel like He's not providing? Yeah, it does sometimes, doesn't it? Well, if I just had this, God would just provide this. God, please provide this. God always provides exactly what we need. And I think through the example of the children of Israel, it's a wonderful encouragement to us that, yes, God provides for His people. Even in the wilderness, when it seemed like they had nothing, they had no place, no resources, a complete inability on their own part to get what they needed, God provided. And God does the same thing for us. It, it just might encourage you to take some time and write down, what are some ways God has provided for me? We can see this trust in God's goodness also because a trust in God's protection. So His purpose, His provision, you see His protection. He protected the children of Israel. Think about it. How many years had they spent in slavery in Egypt? Was God protecting them then? He was. Not in the way we would expect. Not in the way we'd like. God protected them. Just as much as He protected them when they were out headed to the Red Sea and the Egyptians were chasing them, ready to take them out. And God split the Red Sea and brought them through on dry ground. God protects His people. And God will protect you. You don't have to be afraid in life situations. And when you do feel that fear, say, wait a minute. I serve a God that protects me. I can trust Him. He's good. We also see this trust in God's promises. He speaks about the promises to Abraham of this covenant. Verse 8, God kept His promise to him because he was righteous. And we also see this promise to the people of Israel that He brought them into the land. Verse 15, that they could go in and possess the land that God had sworn to give them. That was the same promise made to Abraham, but carried out through the people of Israel much later on. God always keeps His promises. And the benefit to you or the benefit to somebody else, God is keeping His promise. He's faithful to keep it. He's never once broken a promise. And then I would say, Fifthly, I can trust in God because He's good. I can trust in God's presence. Isn't it encouraging to see this? I mean, he talks about how he heard their cries and he knew their pain. You see that back in verse 9. God saw the affliction of the Jews in Egypt. God heard their cry when they were at the Red Sea. Sometimes it may feel in life like we cry out to God and He's not hearing us. God hears us. God heard these people. God hears us when we cry. God knows our pain. God's not oblivious to the struggle. 
Sometimes it feels like that. Boy, if God just only knew what I was going through, He'd take me out of this. No, God absolutely knows what you're going through, and, and He wants you right where you're at. He has you in that position for a purpose. We've already talked about that when we did our study on the crossing of the Red Sea. What a wonderful thing to understand God's goodness that I can trust in Him because He's good. I can trust in His purpose, His provision, His protection, His promise, His presence. And because God is good, secondly, I can obey His commands. Right? I mean, that's where it boils down to for the children of Israel here. We looked at this Sunday, so I won't spend a lot of time on it, but He tells them in verses 16 to 18, you know, after God had done all these good things, how did they respond? They disobeyed. They hardened their hearts and they had stiff necks and they didn't fulfill what God had told them to do. But because God is good, I can obey His commands. Why? Because obeying God's commands helps me to fulfill God's purpose. If God says, all right, here's the plan, Here's the map I've laid out for you. Follow these directions. We'll get where He intends for us to go. And God's purposes are always best. And if I obey God's commands, it also helps me to enjoy God's blessings. The children of Israel didn't always get to experience the blessings of God. We read about lots of disobedience by these people. And yet, even in spite of all of their disobedience, they still enjoyed great blessings of God, didn't they? What a blessing to be able to walk out in the morning and pick up bread off the ground and eat it. What a blessing to be able to hit a rock with a stick and have water come out of it. What a blessing to walk into the promised land and march around the city of Jericho and have the walls come tumbling down and be able to take a city without even a fight. What a blessing to see God's provision. And we've experienced so many blessings in our lives. The song says it well, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. How quickly we forget God's blessings to us. But when we obey God faithfully, we get to experience those blessings. And yet the devil's really good at discouraging us when we choose to obey and do something we're supposed to do. It seems like right then is when he brings something to discourage us and almost to whisper in our ear and say, see, I told you. You obeyed, you did what was right, and you didn't get anything good for it. Like one of my bosses used to say, there's no good deed that goes unpunished, right? Sometimes life feels like that. I'm trying the best I can, and yet it doesn't work out like I want it to work out. Stop. Remember, God's still good. And just because it didn't work out how I expected it to, or how I wanted to, or how I thought it should, God's still good. So keep obeying, keep doing what He wants me to do. In studying these things and thinking through this list, there's lots that could be said about these 23 different things that God did to demonstrate Himself and to do good things for the nation of Israel. But I hope you'll take some time and just think about what God has done good in your life. Even as we stop here with our Bible study in just a minute and take some time to pray. It's a good thing, and God's blessed us that we can even pray to Him. It's a privilege. And God hears our prayers. We're not just praying to a dead statue or idol. We're praying to a living God. One of the many, here's 23 proofs of a living God. All the things He did 
and is listed out for us here in this passage. There's no other God like our God. May we not forget it, because when we go out into this world that we live in every day, many people that we meet don't know this God. They may know about Him, but they don't have a personal relationship with Him. Their life is hard, too. When it looks like their life is good, God sometimes brings blessings on the unjust, even as well as the just. Don't begrudge them their blessing. Don't look at them and say, well, that's not fair. I'm doing right, and why do they have it so good? No, without Christ, they're facing an eternity in hell. That's not good. But God may have allowed some blessing in their life to encourage them on the way. God's principles are still true, and living the right way is still the right way to do it, even if you don't know Christ as your Savior. But that being said, don't get discouraged when things don't feel as good as they should. I think it, almost a subtext within this list of things, in between all of them, while God's demonstrating His goodness over and over, think about the negative side of it, right? So, go back to the beginning. God chose Abraham, but that meant he had to leave his family. God did this good. That didn't feel very good. God made this promise to him and made a covenant. God kept his promise, gave him a son. But then he said, I want you to take that son and sacrifice him. Well, then what happened? Well, years and years passed by. Joseph is sold into slavery in Egypt. That definitely didn't feel good for Joseph. But Joseph said it well. What you meant to me for evil, God meant it unto me for good. So Joseph's now in the position of importance and he brings all of his family to Egypt. That seemed like a good thing. Only later they're enslaved in Egypt. That seems like a bad thing. And then God releases them from Egypt through those ten plagues. God, Pharaoh sends them out. He lets the people go, only to then turn around and chase them, trying to kill them at the Red Sea. That didn't feel very good. So God divides the Red Sea, and they walk through on dry ground. That felt really good, only to get through the Red Sea. And now they're in the wilderness, and they didn't have food, and they didn't have water. That felt really bad. And God provided food, and He provided water in the wilderness, and that was really good. Only then they kind of got tired of that food because they had to keep eating the same thing over and over again. That didn't feel very good. Do you see how the same things that God is blessing with, from a different perspective, we can almost be frustrated by? Children of Israel were overjoyed when they first got the manna and got to drink the water. Later, they were not happy with the manna. It wasn't good enough. See, the problem is not what God does. It's our perspective on what God is doing. I think as our perspective shifts along the way, and someday, I believe when we get to heaven, we'll have that heavenly perspective. God can tell us what He was thinking, what He was doing. We'll be able to look back and say, wow, it was all good, because it was all good all along. We just may not have felt like it was good all along. You can keep going through the story. God takes them uh, through the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness. He leads them with the pillar of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. Then God gives them the law, right? Good thing. Now they know what to do. Only what happened, they very quickly broke that law. 
and they experience the punishment for breaking God's law. If there's no law, how can you break it? Now there is a law. Now, now they break it. The thing which is good doesn't seem very good when you're on the wrong side of it. You see, we serve a very good God. He is alive, and He's doing the absolute best. But He's doing the best for us for the purpose of accomplishing His plan, not ours. That's why when we get crosswise with God's goodness on the wrong side of it, it feels really bad to us. And Sometimes it's not even us doing wrong. It's just situations shift in life and it just doesn't feel very comfortable. It doesn't feel very good. It feels hard. But God's actually using that in our life to direct us back to where we need to be. The question is not whether or not God's good to us. It's how we view God's goodness to us because He is the Lord. He is the God. And because He's good... We need to learn to trust in His purpose, trust in His provision, trust in His protection, in His promise, in His presence, even when it doesn't feel good to trust in those things. And because we trust, then we can obey and do what He wants us to do. So He'll fulfill His purpose and we get to experience the blessings of doing that along the way. But I want to encourage you, it doesn't always feel like blessing. But it is because our Heavenly Father is doing what's best for us. I hope these thoughts can encourage you a little bit to think a little bit deeper about God's goodness. Because it's easy on one hand to say, yeah, God's good when I get all the stuff I want. But He's still good when I don't. And as we look at the situations in life, maybe giving us a little better perspective to think on and be able to navigate some of the difficulties of life. To be able to have the uh, stability, I guess I would say, to get through the storms of life. You think of it, on a, on a big ship, they put a big keel on the bottom of it, a big thing that goes down deep into the water to hold that ship straight and steady even when the waves get really high. And I think the deeper and stronger our relationship with God is and the better we understand His workings in the world and around us, we won't understand all of it, but the more confidence we can have in Him and in His Word, persevere and be faithful to Him. I'm thankful God's good. Father, I pray that you'd help us as we consider these things, maybe go through and look at our own lives. We'd consider your goodness to us. and Give us the right perspective to keep our eyes on you and trusting in you. In Jesus' name, amen.